guys welcome back to the brothers of the world podcast um this is a pretty unique episode for us it is all in one time zone so to pull this off we obviously are missing Christo tonight um Christo, we know you're listening back uh thanks for still editing um but we've got chino back for the first time in a million years how you doing i'm good man i'm good glad to be back yeah glad to have you back and Back for the second week running, we've got Dave. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm glad to be here with the great Chino. You know, <laughs> we're going to have a fun podcast today. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun, especially, you know, um, I was talking to Dave before we started um, over Twitter and talking about how this 9 a.m. start um, Eastern time really has been useful for Inter. Like, two wins on the bounce in that time slot. Um Milan and now um, beating Genoa. Um, go ahead and start with you, Chino. Um, how how have you felt these past few games? Um, do you think that we're finally starting to put some daylight between us and Milan, even though they just got finished um, beating Roma? Or how much work do you think there is still to be done? I'm glad you mentioned the time slots we have been playing recently. Because only today I sat down watching the game, and I guess it finishes like before lunchtime here in my time zone. And I'm sitting thinking, wow, you know, many mornings I've woken up on a Saturday, watched Inter collapse, <laughs> and just had a shitty Sunday. You know, it's been these last couple of games winning or early on a Sunday. You know, you could relax, kick back, watch the rest of the games. And like laugh at other teams, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different vibe right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, all right. Go on. Talk about. Oh no! Nah, well, I I was just gonna say that yeah, we've been doing really good in this time slot, and like pressure's off. Like when you're in that like latest slot on a Sunday or even a Monday, like the pressure's all on you. Like everyone else has played, you've got to keep up. But like when you're in the middle, like we were, like. You get to see some of the results. Like, we saw the Juve result, but then, like, Milan still had to play, and we got to put the pressure on Milan for once. For sure. Uh, what about you, Dave? How, how have you been feeling about these 9 a.m.s that I know haven't always been the greatest, especially the 6.30 a.m.s Eastern oh. time? <laughs> like, I've seen plenty of those go, like, sour, and then that's my weekend gone. No, for sure. To be honest, I feel great because, um, as you mentioned, Usually, enter early is not a good thing, um, especially those 6.30 a.m.s when I have to set my alarm, knowing some some way, somehow, that it's probably going to mess up the rest of my day because I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep after they manage to throw away points or something like that. But lately, you know, it's, it's like a different vibe to the team, a different swagger. You know, it doesn't matter the time that we're playing at. They, they locked in. They have their plan. They execute it to the T. And you know what? It feels good to see them just take care of business today. I had a good feeling about it. They they delivered. And I was able to, to kick back and watch a little Premier League, watch some um, Serie A also, and also watch Milan. I mean, we didn't get the result we wanted, but the fact that we already had taken care of our business, real, we're, we're really not affected by um, the result. You know, if anything, now we can make fun of Roma. So we still win some way, somehow, from that result. Yeah, anytime you see those big clubs 
match up against each other. You know that a result one way or another, if you take care of your business is also going to go to your way. So like that's probably Roma out of any kind of Scudetto contention, even though I don't really think they were too much into it to start. Uh I think they've got a great coach, but I just don't think that they've got the squad to compete. Um, But I like that you mentioned about just the swagger this team is playing with. I want to go back to Chino now. Um, How comfortable do these matches feel lately? Like it's very different to what we're used to, but like the confidence in this team, like it's all just really flowing together. And do you think that's just because we're only in one competition or do you just think this is like a year and a half, two years of work finally coming together? Um, I wouldn't put it down to just one factor. Both obviously have some check, right? Conte. I mean, I know I'm not a big fan of Conte, but he's supposed to be like he is really good at his job, you know. And having a week to prepare his games, his teams to focus on that one game, I mean, is a huge factor. All players are well rested. He doesn't have to rotate. He's, he seems to have found a good lineup here. I mean, I, I wasn't sure what happened at, at Tunin late this morning, what happened with the team. But being able to play the same team, the same players, we don't have any injuries. Um, it bodes well for us, really and truly. He seems to have the team clicking. We are well rested. Yeah, things are looking good, you know. But just into being into, you have to be a little cautious can't get ahead of yourself you just enjoy the moment and see where it takes us yeah for sure there's still work to be done uh dave what do you think is it just conte being a league specialist or a combination of like a little bit more well i think i think it is a combination of things Um, of course we have to say to put that on the forefront that yes indeed conte is a league specialist if he has we spoke about that last week on the pod as well if he has the time to just prepare on one game and focus on one team, he will excel at that. And we saw that again today. Like, again, we we never felt too threatened by um, Genoa, except on that one chance where Andanovic actually spilled the ball. That was the only one I could remember. Um, I may be mistaken. But, um, yeah, it is a combination of Conte being um, a specialist at the league, but also um, the or failures at the other competitions. You know, we, um, we failed in the... Champions League, we didn't even drop into the Europa uh, to the point where our midweeks are open now. We're just free to to practice and study, and not even the cup. We we managed to fumble out of way as well. So these things turned out to have a silver silver lining because it means that we only have to worry about one composition. So just to sum it up, I guess yes, it is a combination of Conte being a specialist at the league. And also a combination of other things, which is us failing at other other competitions. Maybe that helped galvanize the team and motivate the team some more. But, yeah, it's a combination of things. Mikey, even Genoa today, they actually rotated some players because I think they have playing some. Yeah, they have their derby. Yeah. So even they had to mm-hmm. rotate an expectation of, or at least in an attempt to try and get points out of that game coming up for them because that's a big game for them as he highlighted their season. So, you know, they had to rotate and look how it affected their game today. 
Yeah, we did probably get lucky in a way. You know, I was expecting Panda from the start, you know, to, like, be terrorizing us. I was expecting, like, um, Destro, who's really been hot lately. But to see, like, um, the guy whose name I can't pronounce starts with an S. Not Sh- not Skamaka, but the other guy. Um, I-, I can't remember his name. I can't <laughs> but yeah the two that actually started i was surprised and i was like all right you know i guess we got a little lucky here and it's funny because i remember like you know years back where teams would like teams like genoa would rest their players against like they'd rotate against like roma or like juve or napoli like and then it would be us next week like they would be trying to get their guys fresh to play us because yeah. i guess they yeah, thought they yeah, had better yeah. chances mm-hmm like against us but now to see like that other teams are still like i don't know not scared well kind of scared of enter in a way but also like they're like all right like risk aversion what can we do to like get the most out of our season even like with the big boys i mean i think that i personally as an inter fan i'll take that as a compliment because when it's it's like other teams ballardini he's looking at the juggernaut coming at him the form that this team is in, and you see it today, like we 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 um we beat them three nil, but that was a flattering result. I could think of four or five occasions that should have been goals. When you think of probably Barella, he had he had that nice shot on his left where he hit the um the woodwork. We had uh Darmian in the first half. Uh, he had he was put in I think through by Lukaku, and then he missed that. And then we had uh, Lotharo, I think he missed the chance. So, listen, we, we we held them. It's like we held them in the scruff of their neck and we were just slapping them around, but we just couldn't get it to the score. <laughs> but, honestly, Ballard didn't know what, what he was doing. He knew that they probably didn't have a chance, and he rather focused on the derby. So, I take it as a compliment. And, you know, fair play too, Genoa. I do want to give them some credit. Like, they were, like, crazy informed before this. Like, I remember, like, since Bayardini took um, control of that team, he's only he had only lost once in the league before today. Yeah. He, like, yeah. beat Napoli, took um, Juve pretty deep in Copa. Like, I think they went to extra time. They didn't get a win. But they still – they hung with Juve, like, in Turin. Um, I was expecting, like, they were a well-drilled side, like – I thought after we got the first goal, you know, sat back a little bit, which is kind of a Conte trademark. I was like, well, we might be sitting back a little too much. Like this team, like they know what they want to do. Like they've got a bit of confidence behind them. Like I was a little worried that they might, you know, like nick a goal, make it 1-1, you know, make it a really tough game. Uh-huh. But – and even with the misses that were coming, like – well, not really misses. I mean, there were some, but, like, great saves really by, like, Perrin or, like, blocks off the line yeah. or Barella off the crossbar, like you mentioned. Like, I was like, this is going to be one of those games. But the defense held really well, like they have in recent weeks, and it's another clean sheet. Like, I mean, it's credit to our guys against, like, a really well-drilled side. Did Handan even make a save today? Um, he might have had like one or two, you know, kind of like dribble up to him. But the only thing I can really remember was him trying to claim that cross and then like bouncing off of the R and then getting the like lucky second save where it was kind of straight at him. But I mean, you got to get back up off the ground for it. So there's some credit to him yeah. there. <laughs> for sure. And a lot of it to me, like, I don't, I'll, I'll get you guys takes on this, but with the defense, like, 
it doesn't seem like anybody in the defense is really having to like grind too terribly hard for these results. Like we've seen like Skriniar make some like wall esque tackles in recent weeks, but like I feel like we're never fully under attack. Like it feels like a lot of our possession or even when we sit back, like balls not getting into dangerous areas, like it's all tactical a lot of tactical stuff going on that keeps other teams from like really testing our defense, even though our defense is probably still the best in the league. But like, I think there's also some well-drilled tactics in there that are really benefiting us and benefiting someone like Handanovic, who we know is going to drop a stinker from time to time now. For sure. I, I do think that um, it's a unit. It's, it's, it's the performance of the defense as a unit. Um, I think that, um, that started from, well, the start of the season where we had Skriniar out with COVID. I think we had DeVry. He missed the first match because of suspension. So it was a whole mess. We had Kolarov in there. We had the Frog in there. We had Dombrosio in there at, at times. And then, mind you, that's when, we're for some reason, Conte came in year two. So he said, you know what? This is going to be year two, version 2.0 of my, my, my tactics. That's when he was talking about all the uh-huh. offensive stuff. I don't know if you guys remember. We were, play, we were playing the high yeah, line yeah. and all that stuff. And we were looking yeah. exposed on defense every time the team was uh, or the opponent was going forward. We looked exposed. That's where we were conceding a lot of goals left and right. But after that, I guess he got humbled. He's like, you know what? I'm going to drop the line back to where it used to be. We're not going to press high like we used to. We're going to press more methodically. Um uh, strategically, which which we have been doing um, lately, and also it's a combination of having continuity with the, the three guys or three best center backs, Skriniar, DeVry, and Bastoni. You know, um, the more the, those guys have been playing together, the more solid it has been. And sometimes you can even see it see it in other teams' eyes. You can see that they're they get they get frustrated because we allow them to have the ball in certain areas, and they're passing it left, right, left, right, and then they try to dig out across, and one of our three guys just just make it out, you know. And you know what? It, it's 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 beautiful. I know it's not popular. Most people want to see um, fast uh, football, tiki taka type of stuff, but. The defensive football is, is very beautiful to watch us defend if you know what you're looking at. I agree. I agree. That's why I actually love Italian football. Or that's what I started following. I love defensive, grind it out. I like the country suffer ball. Kind of <laughs> that's my thing, actually. I, do, I don't like, you know, flashy, you know, tic-tac football. Never did. Hate Barca. Barca style, Pep Guardiola style of football is not my thing, you know. I, I love the attrition comes with, you know. Yeah. So solid defense is a big thing for me. It's attractive football, mm-hmm. not conceding. It's, I don't like like high scoring matches. I don't find it entertaining. It's just like a freak show. And you know what? With this defense we have here really actually, I mean what I don't wanna be talking like, you know, too confident and whatnot, but I mean, is there an attack? In Syria, that could really come up and really dominate us right now with the baller out of Juve, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a one-man show when you go to Juve now. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. And, I mean, Ronaldo could get neutralized by anyone right now. I'm sorry to say, he isn't what he used to be. I mean, I remember with um, Sarri playing against Sarri with Napoli. 
and Skrinia with his masterclass then with Paletti I think we drew, drew nil nil you know that was a game we had to defend 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 I mean I don't see anybody putting us under that kind of pressure anymore right now in the league our defense is You're so right. good well Chino you, you mentioned something let me just pick it back off of that um I think one thing about the team that is very, very important and that is beautiful that people don't mention much is, well, they do mention how great Inter are in transition, but they talk about transition as far as going from defense to attack, but they don't talk about when the other teams are in transition, when we're going from front to back. I was watching that uh, today, actually, where I think, I don't know who messed up. I think Bastoni was went on one of his runs on the left, and then he lost the ball. And at that point, I'm thinking, damn, we're about mm-hmm. to get caught out, because here's our center back. He's caught up like a like a midfielder. And when I look, they, they shifted the ball left and right, and then when you look, we have Erickson already taking his place. You have Perisic tracking back. So it's like the team is beautiful as far as transitioning both going from front to back and back to front. So that's credit to Conte, man. That's one of the reasons why we don't concede as much anymore. Yeah. Credit to Perisic too for oh, yeah. the wrong recently. I hold it back on anything, any sort of praise because we are accustomed as a defense, Perisic being good for a period of at least maybe <laughs> six months and then half yeah. year. Shit. So maybe first half of the year was shit on the bench. Not then. Maybe this is a good half so. now. Yeah, you know, he's got to get himself up. He's got to get gassed for um the Euros this summer because he's always a different beast when he plays for Croatia. Well, that's what it is. He's getting himself in yeah, form sure. so he can go perform it and then in the Euros. That's what it is. So, yeah, yes, yeah, so we're, we're benefiting from that right now. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, we know that he's not always the most consistent player, but, like, even if this is just the purple patch, it came at the perfect time. And, like, Lautaro and Lukaku coming back into form mm-hmm. at a perfect time. Like, I think that was our quickest goal of the season, wasn't it, today? 33 For sure. seconds? For sure, yeah. seconds? I was just getting settled in. Like, I, I, I literally, I was not even looking until I saw it. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> I had been awake for a grand total of seven minutes when that went in. So you set your alarm exactly at nine nine o'clock. I set it at eight fifty five, and I was like, "All right," and turned everything on. And Inter didn't even have the kickoff; like it was Genoa's kick, and they managed to lose it and concede a goal yeah, in thirty seconds. I don't know. Seconds. I think I think it was Which some got, kind of tactic for them to try to catch us napping or something. Because when you look at it. I was looking. I was looking at the replay earlier, and I was wondering how the hell you're playing Inter. You are you're playing Inter at home at that, and you you know that you're an underdog. And you how do you get caught so far up the field? Because it's like it has it had to it had to be some kind of kickoff tactic that they practiced. They're thinking that they were gonna rush us or something and probably score, and then that failed. That backfired. Next thing you know, they all caught up field, and this was Lukaku's perfect. <laughs> you should have just seen his eyes. His eyes lit up. That's his perfect situation to be in, and he did not miss. And, you know, another thing about that goal, like, when it went in, I was like, wait, that was his right foot. Like, he finished weaker yeah, sure. foot with that. It was, a, it was an impressive goal. Like, those long runs that he likes and then still taking it right outside of the box. I mean, that's quintessential Lukaku these days. That's what yeah, draws that's him. Right yeah, that's what draws him his comparisons to – Adriano, whoever have you. Some people, you know, like pull out the old Ronaldo <laughs> clips, but 
I'm a little too young <laughs> for even, even both of those. Not, not yeah. Well, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know what, just to be, to be fair, most of those people, both people that I saw that tweeted that picture next to the Ronaldo, they made sure that they say they're not comparing the pictures, the players. And of course, we know that there's no comparison, but it, it does, it's a beautiful picture to see our number nines, the same jersey, you know, the same celebration. You know, so I love it. I love the picture, but it's not like nobody's putting um, Lukaku in that in that conversation. We would, we would... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. In the fans, they give them a little bit more. You know, <laughs> nah, we're not that crazy now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Not this again. <laughs> to defend himself man i can't let i can't, I can't have you here just slandering the man <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> oh, but yeah whatever you want whatever you want to call lukaku he, i think he's just he's such a unique player i think he's really his own mold i don't think that like he really fits any kind of mold and like that was he was great at um at Everton, but like when he got to United, I think a lot of the issue was like they wanted him to fit a mold that he could not fit because he's just not that kind of player. And once he finally came and got a manager that had been obsessed with him for years yeah. and like knew exactly what to do with him, just like let him yeah. be himself, um, teach him a little bit of back to goal mm-hmm. stuff, of course, but like also like a lot of this is just like Lukaku being himself and. I think that's a great it's, – it's, that was one of the most important moves that Inter could have made at the beginning of, you know, Conte's reign was getting him his man, and it's really paid off yeah. to great effect. I don't think anybody could yeah, have imagined, sure. to be honest. And as you said, Mikey, like, he's been obsessed with him from his Chelsea days. And personally, um, at first, since we, we all know we were going to get rid of Icardi, at first I was like, okay, let's get him um, Lukaku. That's who he wants. But – I thought Beppe was going to be able to work out one of his magic deals. We're going to get him for 35 mil or something like that with add-ons that are probably going to go to 50 tops. But when they would not budge on, on the – how much did we pay for him? 75? Something like yeah. that? They would not budge. Yeah, 65? 65? I was like – I was like, nah, something you know like what? that. Yeah, um, I was. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not afraid to admit it. I was one of the fans. I was like, you know what? No way. At that price, we're not sure. Especially the guys coming off a bad season. But you know what? They knew. There's a reason why I'm. I'm. I'm in law school and why Conte is getting millions of dollars to be a coach. She knows more than more than I do. You know. So <laughs> I'll stick to what. Like Zlatan says, <laughs> I'll stick to what I do best. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I say that to say this: Conte has brought out a different side of Lukaku. I don't show. I'm not sure if you guys remember the beginning of last season. Um, the guy did not know what to do with his back to the goal, and I'm sure, I'm sure, Chino, you were having a field day. Like, yeah, this is what this is what we got to replace Icardi. This is what we got. <laughs> and honestly, I I was pissed off seeing the tweets, but I couldn't say anything because the guy did not look well. But progressively, he, he turned into something different. And this season, we're seeing a whole different version now. He's, he's holding up the play, doing a little back heels combination. The way he put Darmian um, through to go today, it was beautiful. You know, so the guy, the guy is definitely, Conte has definitely brought a, a different side of him. And also, he's, he's been able to use his, his skills to his best of his abilities. So it's a beautiful marriage. I have, mm-hmm. I have had to eat my shit. On Lukaku, 
look at opinions, but you know, it's it's better still. I've got a front still, I have to front. You know, management different. You got to do it for the brand. From what I know is, maybe he was just really overweight at Manu compared to what he is now. He's yeah. like a totally different player. You know, so I don't know what formation or what style they actually used to play at Manu or what they wanted from him, but. You could have seen he was yeah, in a, he yeah. was not in shape at Manu. For sure. And he suffered for that. Yeah, I but remember really like is, the whole really diet mismanagement a, stories a like at United, like first few weeks at Inter, like he dropped like however many pounds just from like changing his diet because of like digestive problems. I, I don't yeah, even that's, know. That's like, crazy because man, was, you are supposed to be quote unquote even bigger than us as a club and you would think you would think that they would have the same yeah, kind really. of um, doctors and all that stuff if our doctors could figure out that hey this guy has some kind of digestive issue that's causing him to to keep the weight on and can't lose it and we need to switch his diet if our guys could figure that out then i thought man you could have figured that out as well but i guess credit is credit to our guys yeah 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 it's another just another like anecdote to how mismanaged he was at United and like it's crazy that he is what he is now and he could have had more goals today um I think one of the big things one of the big stories at least looking at the match from a Genoa perspective is Perrin had a massive game like I've not seen Mattia Perrin play a match like that in years when he, I remember when he had so much potential for the national team, uh, his first stint at Genoa before all the knee stuff. And, like, he yeah. turned it back, and I thought it was going to be one of those um, Sassuolo, you know, days where um, what's-his-face just has a massive game. Sunday morning. Yeah, Concili on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And what's the name of that one um, that one ugly keeper from Kiev again? Um, uh Sorrentino or something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah Sorrentino. Had... Yeah, he he was like forty. Yeah, he was bro, like 40 this guy would have his career games against us, bro. Like, what the hell? This club is <laughs> cursed. <laughs> I <was> cursed, I see. <laughs> yeah, we got we got really like. Of course, we ran into that, but also Genoa ran into a buzzsaw that is Inter right now, and like Lukaku's creation on the second goal was great, and even like. I mean, he occupies a good bit of space and starts all the issues that, you know, bring up the finisher, the third goal, uh, the third goal from an X-Man U player at that for the game. All three of them were Man U that scored for us. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All three of them. (laughs) Darmian, Lukaku, and Alexis. Uh, It's got to be tough for Man, you fans for sure, but Mikey, like like you brought up that second goal to piggyback off of you, like that was all Lukaku. And when you look at it, I don't, I'm not sure who the ball came from, but he came and he kind of gave um, Zapata a little a little nudge just to like that was around like halfway line, and he ran, he ran with it, and he managed to keep it even if they were swarming him. And at that point. Exactly, it was like four defenders around him. At that point, I'm like, yo, just take a shot, you know, because I thought he was just going to lose it. He still had the the worth or the calmness to just pick up his head and pick the right pass. And Darmian, this guy, man, this guy swears that he's a player, man. He is a top player because the way he took that, (laughs) he really took his time, watched the ball. Uh What was that, Gino? 
But Dar- Darmian, like yeah. Darmian really put his foot through that ball. That was a beautiful goal altogether. And look, the fact that Lukaku was able to create that, that, that was, that's another that's another attribute of his that, that he's been able to develop at Inter. Because I'm not sure he was that much of a playmaker. When you look at the assist he made last uh, last week to Lotaro and then um that assist today, this guy is really out here playing just like Harry Kane as a playmaker as well. So I'm happy. Yeah, Darmian also really does deserve some credit. Like we, this was one of the guys we've been linked with yeah. for what six, seven years. Like every year it comes up, and I was like, "Oh yeah. God, no, I don't want that guy." And then, like, I mean, he looked awful at Man U. He was a like on the bench most of the time. He just looked awkward, like in play, and just yeah. the way he looked, like physically, just looked awkward. But now, like, he's got the flow going. He's like actually looks like a baller. Like, yeah, just, I, I really. Yeah, he's been really good, especially, I mean, he's a backup to Hakimi, of course. He's never going to challenge Hakimi for that starting spot, I don't believe, on the right. But, I mean, he slotted in and, like, made that, that run for the um the second goal that, like, I think Rom, he knew that somebody was going to be there, whether it was Hakimi or Darmian. He knew, like, because of Conte's play, there's going to be your right wing back to your for right, sure. just lay it off. And I think yeah. I think that's definitely credit to Darmian for knowing that role just as well as Hakimi does and Spot being on, in Mike. those spots. So, so I wasn't on the podcast for a while, right? I mean, let me hear what y'all think about how Barella has been doing. That's my favorite player right now. And I think he's been amazing for us. Oh my god, man. Like going back to what Dave was saying about his skepticism, and I know Chino, of course, your skepticism about Lukaku. I didn't really have that when he came in. My skepticism that summer was Barella because of the price tags they put on him. And like the I I remember watching him at Calgary and like every time we play him, like I remember like we'd be scoring and Barella would be on the ground like 20, 30 yards away from the play. And I'm like, <laughs> what does this guy do? But uh, it what he what Conte has found in him and especially I mean he was young at Calgary he's matured so much and I think he's got an ideal partner especially with Brozovic behind him even though like I don't know they're both pretty weird dudes and they get along <laughs> yeah, really they're, well they're two weirdos but, man they're like oh, dumb yeah. and dumber <laughs> yeah they march yeah, to the beat of their own drum in oh, that midfield what's that proper description oh yeah <laughs> But, yeah, I think both of them together have really helped each other find the best in their games. And, like, I don't know how many midfielders out there right now are better than Barella. And, like, I know he's finally starting to get the hype even outside of Serie A, especially Mm -hmm. after the Juve game. But, I mean, he could have fallen off after that, but he's kept at that same level, could have had a goal today, like, is always running, always working, even, like, even when he goes down, you know, he's like dead or something. He pops back up. I think this guy could get hit by a truck and be like, get some magic spray and then be good to go. Um, yeah, he got him good today with that clothesline. Well, one thing about me is like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, love going back and giving myself credit when I call something. But Barella, I could say that I, I like even in the my wildest dreams, I never thought that he would be this player this soon. You know, of course, like. Uh, I remember having a discussion with my boy Pep. Pep is, uh, I think, Pep on Twitter. Like he's he's one of the guys that that's from the get go. He loved he loved Barella, and 
I, l- I was on that train as well, but I thought he mm. was just going to be this energetic guy that could probably pick a pass here and there. But Barella is everything to us right now. You know, this guy is a winger. He, he crosses better than most most people. He could pick a pass like a like a um a attacking midfielder. He could tackle like a defensive midfielder. He's up and down. He pops up and like every time he scores is a banger. And the fact that he was able to do that, like, he's 23, 24 right now, his second year at the big club, that's a big leap. That tells you that he's for real, and he's able to do that consistently. It's not like you get two, three good games from Barilla, and then, okay, he goes back down to his level. Like, for, like, for like I'll say two, three months now, this has been Barilla every, every game. And that's what I'm going to expect next time at this point because he's showing me that that's his level. So, if anything, he's going to improve from there. So, uh, I don't know if it's credit to Conte or if we just got lucky on that one, but this guy is going to be one of those top midfielders in the world for a long time. And they're already talking about he's going to be the next captain and stuff like that. Personally, you know who I want. I want Skriniar first, but, hey, I, I won't have an issue with Barella being our captain in the future either. Definitely. Everything you just said, I agree. With Skriniar as captain to Umbrella, but I love Umbrella. That's that's really my favorite player right now. The guy just doesn't stop, and he has so much quality. He dribble past a man, and I love those finishing, those finishing goals, yeah. like those big bangers that he keeps going. <laughs> he's total, he's passion too, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that like we've got like one of the key cogs in the midfield, like being an Interista. Like that's stuff from like back in the day like that's like Nicola Berti type stuff I mean it's great to see like in the modern day like a guy that wants to be at the club will do whatever for the club like even when I see like links to like I think I've seen City and like some other clubs like I see that I'm like I'm not worried this guy doesn't want to leave like we would have to force him out the door like I know um a pretty easy comparison for him is like Raja, because, I mean, both came from Calgary, both really those hardworking, like, can uh-huh. do it everywhere, midfielders at their peaks. But, you know, he could be one of these, like, dedicated club guys like Raja was for Roma until the whole uh, Manchi fiasco. But, yeah, I I mean, there's so much that we could say about Barella. I think there could be a whole episode about what this guy does. It's really impressive. It's such a pleasure to watch. And the guy, also the third man in that midfield who we haven't mentioned, um, Chino, you haven't been on since the Erickson renaissance has happened. Um, what are you thinking about that? How do you feel about this guy now? Like, I don't even know what to think. Is it for real? Is it happening? You know? Or is it just, you know, temporary? Like, I don't want to jinx it too, but, like, how did it happen? Like, maybe I missed that game or something since when Erickson has become an integral part of the team again. Like, was it since the goal against Milan in the derby? I mean, what brought him back? I think it like, was I that mean, I think that it was that derby goal. Like I think that's the place or at least for me, that's where I pinpoint it. It may be like just the low hanging fruit, but like that goal, like after that, like he's looked like different. Like even yeah. his com- his I- composure has changed. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's a quality player, no doubt about it. The problem we all had was why wasn't he being integrated into the team, you know? So, like, I don't know if it's because the injury to Vidal recently brought him back in, 
I don't know where Gagladini is, but I'm not sure wherever he is. Well, I, mean, I think I think it's a credit to um to, to himself as well as Conte in the long run, because of course, as fans, we're obsessed with the team. There's a lot of stuff that me personally I would love to see. I would love to be able to watch the trainings, you know, watch what's going on, the conversations and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we don't yeah. know, you know. And um I remember that the first renaissance, like to use Mikey's word, the first act of the renaissance of Ericsson was um, in a Copa match where he played Regista against um, Fiorentina, I think that was. He wasn't um, spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but he showed that he could work in the system and he could understand his role, well, a role in the system. And I think that's where it began. And, um, of course, Milan mm-hmm. came and... That 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 free kick just pretty much gave him the confidence he needed to know that you know what I can succeed here and he pushed on from there. He got his his chance um the second match of the Copa against uh Juve he, where he started next to Brozo. That's that was the first time we actually saw him in that role that he's been thriving in in the last three four matches, uh and that's when we we were like okay you know what I guess we we didn't spend too much time talking on that at the time because most of us were already pissed off that we we failed to even score one goal in Turin to, act, to actually put pressure on Juve so I think that's when he showed that in that role the LCM the mid uh, midzala role that he can actually work there and even if all of us myself included we already wrote him off saying that he doesn't have the intensity um, needed or the work rate needed to to flourish in this position personally i already stuck a fork in him i thought that it wasn't going to work out and that you know what if anything let's just try to salvage him as a regista but credit to him credit to conte they put into work the work and we were able to see it the last three four matches and i think it's it's for real you know it's not a flash in the pan it's not luck because the guy is out here speaking speaking Italian. There are two clips now. There's the one from when he got subbed from the Milan match, where him and him and I think Padelli was saying some shit to him in Italian, and yeah. he looked back and said some other thing. And today there was something when Darmian scored, and um he's t- he's telling Darmian in Italian, yo, you gotta show me how to do this. And Darmian telling you, I got you later. I got you later. Uh, I forgot who tweeted it. Uh, if I find it, I'll retweet it. But it was a beautiful thing. So that's saying that he's being part of the the squad, and maybe him having learned Italian is one of the key things about it. But uh, he's he looks like part one of the guys now. So I th- that's why I think that it's here to last, and that's why I've I've had a different swagger lately because this guy gives me a, a different level of confidence. It's different dimension of this team that we are able to do. I feel like he also. Funny oh, enough. Go ahead, Chen. Sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say ahead. that I, um, I think that the role he's had now, where, you know, I think we were running into some issues, especially against Juve, where Pirlo was like, all right, I'm going to man mark. Um, I'm going to man mark Brozovic with Kulishevsky, and, like, that's just going to neutralize him. And I think that worked in that first leg. But then when he brought Ericsson in, when Conte did, um, those two started mm-hmm. switching a little bit in those positions and that little bit of fluidity in the midfield. Like I think I might've mm-hmm. mentioned it before. I know I've mentioned it on Twitter, but that little bit of movement has helped both of them a lot. And like, that's kudos to both of them because I remember that was the big issue. Like when he first signed, people were like, Oh, you can't play Erickson with Brozovic. Like there's no defense there, but then you've got like, four defensive midfielders and one in Barella. 
So, I mean, there is a little bit of that taken off. Erickson has finally <laughs> learned how to cover some spaces, like, defensively. Um, Brozovic, we know, like, he can screen. He can make a decent tackle. But I just think that has added another threat to the midfield, like, yeah. in buildup, in attack, uh, not really in defense, maybe, but I feel like everywhere else around the ball, like real quick, those real two quick. together, That's has been a big point, positive. Mikey. Just real quick, um, I think that having the two of them on the on the pitch together has helped Brozovic a whole lot. Because today I mentioned it, um, like you saw that I think uh, uh, Piaka he was men marking Brozo at some point where Honda is trying to play it into Brozo to start our play. And Brozo could not receive it. And what you see is Erickson would drop off mm-hmm. at that point and he'll do it in, in Brozo's place. At that point, um, no way General are going to com- commit two of their fours or two players to men mark two of our midfielders. That's going to leave them exposed. So that's something that Conte has been able to work, that, work at and it's, it's really helped us out a lot. So I just wanted to add that. I mean, Conte has quality in midfield compared to every manager in the past. Imagine okay. our midfield was like Medel, Condoglia, oh, yeah. <laughs> and what, Guarin at a point in time. You know? Compare this to people who could actually hold on to the ball and, you know, dribble, pass the ball. Wow, it's such an upgrade. Oh, yeah, those days when we had to oh, pray yeah. to win mm-hmm. 1-0 with Mancini. Yeah. Like options, you know, yeah, you have options. Hananovich, you know, he has an outlet, you know, give it to somebody who could bring the ball forward properly. You know, we're not even back with Spalletti, it was limited to You're right, alone. Man. Yeah, so, you know, without to bring it forward. It's amazing. Like, so, fun, funny enough, though, what I was saying earlier, if you had to pick an Inter 11 from in September, the team contains for sure. Play. 100%. Sheena. Is it 100%. Team that everyone would have picked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, pick any players that we and want to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, everyone was begging him to stop that 3 4 1 2. Like, I don't know why he thought he was Bielsa for a few months or if, like, he was trying to prove I a mean, point to somebody. Again, you could but, say that he was doing it um, to try to fit in Ericsson, which I guess now, to, now we could all almost admit that that was a player that was probably forced up his throat that he had to make work. So again, that's one, that's, that's another reason why I always defend him. Cause I feel like he was dealt another card. They just told him, Hey, we found this guy on the market. He's worth like 70 million, but we could pay just 20 to get him cause he wants to come. And it's the last year of his contract. I know he's probably not the warrior that you want, but we're paying you $12 million a year. You need to be able to figure that out. So I think that's what he did. And, that shit left, left us exposed a lot of times, and we, we conceded a lot from that. So instead of having to fit the team to Ericsson to make Ericsson functional, Ericsson had to, to fit into the team, and that took some time, and we're ripping the benefit now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. So going into net, the next match, I think, is in the middle of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Parma I think Thursday, it's yeah. Parma. I'm not sure who they played. Yeah, Parma Thursday yeah. and then Atalanta Monday. Um, hmm. Atalanta will be at home. Parma going to Parma. Um, I'm not sure what their results have been lately. Parma, I know Atalanta won today. And I think they have Champions League 
uh, either right before or right after that, right? We'll be their yeah. second leg against so, um, Parma, Real Parma Madrid. Just, um, just like well, for for two match weeks in a row now, they've they've blown two two zero leads, I believe. So um, their form is not the best, but for some reason, and I think what is key for us in Teresti is the fact that uh, the black sheep Jervinho is probably not gonna play because he got hurt. That's a guy for some reason. Every time he's gonna play Inter, <laughs> he he just finds the best Jervinho he could be, and he's like, "Hey guys, you should you should assign me. You should assign me. This is what I can do. This is what I could do." <laughs> so yeah, for some exactly. reason we won't, have, we won't have to deal with him because he's injured. So let's just be professional like we were today against Genoa, and we should be fine. For sure. Um, probably we'll have to face Karamo though, who did get a goal on the weekend. If I if I'm not mistaken, I think I did see that. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought I surprised I didn't see that, but you know, I picked up Karamo. So, you know, he was. Yeah, I, I guess the ship <laughs> sailed on that one. I remember, I I remember his Bro, goal, you know, against Bologna at the San Siro. I was like, yeah, this I guy I is gonna be it. And then, the only time he is it, <laughs> in Mbappe. Whoa! Because, listen, I could defend myself here. Because, uh, I was reading all those articles about that beautiful batch of young players that the French the French team had, and how Caramo, Mbappe, and Dembele were supposed to be on the same level as ch- as children and stuff. And I'm like, okay, we got we got one of them, so <laughs> maybe that was his coming out party, but I was wrong as hell. Hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we all had those moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you go ahead and chalk Caramo down for a goal. Um, but I really I, – yeah. I don't see us – I, I, I say that as a joke because I don't really see us in this form – I know we could throw away any result, but I don't see it happening like anytime relatively soon. Yeah, it's hard to predict Inter, but yeah, we should win. Yeah. But Inter is Inter, so you expect anything. <laughs> expect well, you know what? Expect Why not? Yeah. Like, yesterday I stuck my neck out. I had a good feeling, and them boys made me look good today because I was able to go back and retweet that tweet. So I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing. I'm going to say that we're going to go ahead and handle Parma easily. Probably not 3-0, but a good 2-0, um, comfortable 2-0. Mm. And um, hopefully we don't we don't fumble the bag and the boys make me look good again. Yeah, the big match. <laughs> I can't no, believe. No, no karma goal. Karma goal. We're, we're keeping the clean sheet. Things have changed, team. Things have changed. Yeah, the big match will really be Atalanta. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think yeah, that's no, a big on test. On a serious note, that's, that is a big test. And to be honest, um, the last couple of matches, it seemed like Conte has figured them out. You know, because um, last match we had the lead and we ended up score. We ended up conceding because Conte failed to react. I remember uh, Gasperini, he made all, all types of changes and then he had dropped Papa Gomez deep in the midfield and he was attacking us with almost full forwards. And we just sat back and we just we could all see it happening. And then the, the goal ended up coming. But uh, I feel like Conte is in a different place and the team is in, also in a different place mentally. I expect us to, 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 to treat Atalanta like we treated Lazio. 
it's probably going to be a match where uh, at, at points we're going to suffer voluntarily and allow them to get the ball. Yeah. But um, also, we're going to – the fact that my boy yeah. Gosens is going to be playing on the left, we know that there's going to be room on the right for Hakimi behind them. So we're just going to have to be patient, pick our passes, and just attack on the counter like we did um, against uh, Lazio. Because when you think about it, when, you, when it comes down to it, when it comes to quality of squad – we have the best squad. So if the the tactics are spot on, we should at least get a draw. You know, I'm looking for a win, but I'm confident that we're not going to lose that match. And that says a lot, talking about Atalanta, which is a team that could run up the score at any time. I'll, I'll go on the record and say that I'm confident we will lose to Atalanta, and I wouldn't be surprised if we won. Yeah, Chino talked earlier about um, which attack could dominate Inter or dominate this Inter right now. And if it's any of them, I would say Atalanta is the one that could do it just because, I mean, Zapata's in great form. Muriel is always a terror against Inter. Um, Golson's on the left, you know, I mean, that's a fun guy to watch. Watching him against Hakimi, I don't really remember the matchup of, of those two in the first time that the two teams faced, but I know this yeah. time it'll be like one to really watch. Um, if it were me, um, I think we should keep Perisic maybe on the left. Uh, anybody but young. We don't need, we need I don't want to see any more of oh. Ashley Young this season uh, from the start. Like when you need someone to run for the last 30 minutes, that's fine, but I don't want to see Ashley Young start anymore. Um, Perisic or Darmian on the left for me is going to be the biggest like question mark and I'll, I'll also say whether we start Eric yeah, sure. at all will also um, be a question even though we always say that Conte um he lets the team fix itself meaning that if you don't mess up or if you keep doing what you need to do which I believe Erickson has been doing then there's no reason for him to lose a spot but there's also that um that yeah. bromance that he has with Vidal you know, if Vidal is suddenly looking good in training and crunching tackles, sliding in left and right, which we know Ericsson will never do, he will feel like maybe this match with Atalanta, they have an intense midfield, they have Darun in there, they have Forla, they have those guys that are always battling, and maybe that will probably be too physical for Ericsson. And I, I could sure, I'm sure he can let that idea creep into his head, and next thing you know, he's explaining why Vidal started. You know, but I'm just hoping I'm wrong because the same thing could have been used for Lazio because Lazio has a very physical midfield. But I guess um, Vidal was hurt at that point. So that's why you went with Ericsson. Let's just hope let's just hope I'm wrong and that Ericsson continues his run of form. I mean his run of starts as well. I mean once Conte does what's best for Inter and he gets it right, then I have no problem, obviously. I might not trust Perisic of all people because I know he's not that good defensively. So I might even put Damian instead of him on the left side and wouldn't I wouldn't touch the rest of the squad. But you know, Conte, we have you have to trust in Conte. That's like nah, for sure, for sure. But, million bucks. A second right? though, Chino, let me ask you yeah. this. I'm not sure. Uh who 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 is their right wing back? It's Hot the Ball, right? Or, yeah. 
Oh, is the uh, kid he's injured right now? It's like some random Belgian guy, Mailer. So should, I think his name is Mailer. That we has been be found on the right. I mean, on the yeah, he's left from like Gink, right? Um, um, maybe he didn't look that great. The only time I've seen him was against um Atalanta. I mean, not Atalanta. Of course, he plays for the, um against Real Madrid was the only time I saw him, and he looked kind of not really too sure on the ball, like. His touches seemed a little off. Like it takes a while to learn that Gasparini sure. system, just as it does to learn a Conte system. Because I, I remember like um, Moranchuk and some of these other guys that have come in in the summer for Atalanta, like are starting to finally score. And it's taken them like till February, and they came in in the summer. So like even if Mailer is to be a good player, and if Hatabor isn't back yet. Yeah. Even Hatabor, I remember, looked awful when he first got to Serie A. So, I mean, it's a it's a toss-up on the right. But if Mailer plays, I think okay. Inter do have an advantage on that left flank. And again, like you mentioned, Mikey, yeah. um, they also do have Real Madrid. Um, I believe that Thursday – no, that Wednesday that they have Real Madrid. And then they play us um, on, on Monday. So – that tells you that it is it is a match against Real Madrid where they're already trailing a goal, so they're gonna have to really bust their asses to try to get a result. So um, they're, they're, that that's gonna be an advantage of us. I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. While we're gonna be sitting at home watching them um, bust their lungs trying to get back a result, we're gonna be resting in our cryo um, chambers and getting our bodies right to to, to play them. You know, um, I guess that's what comes with the suffering and the humiliation that came with the way we got out of the, the CL because every fan base was on our asses and making fun of us. So now we get the benefit of that. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, they play, Um, actually, we play Atalanta on Monday and they play Madrid the following week. They have, yeah. So oh, oh, yeah, because they alternate weeks. This upcoming week yeah, yeah, in yeah. Oh, Champions okay, okay, okay. League is like oh, Barca's oh, second oh. leg. And... Yeah. They actually play um, Spezia on the Friday. So okay. they play us on Monday and then Spezia on Friday. I don't even know about Spezia. Yeah, the mighty anymore. Spezia. Like after that Milan win, they kind of fell off. Yeah, they pretty much guaranteed themselves safety, I think, and now they're just kind of vibing until the end of the season. But I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, Italiano's an interesting coach. For sure, um, yeah. Especially against the bigger sides. Um, I think he could still pull something out. But, of course, Gasparini's not going to be, like, rotating to play against Spezia. Like, we're going to get whoever whoever Atalanta has at that moment. That's who we're getting. Speaking of, like, real quick while we're talking about Spezia, what's going on with um, Agume? Because – at some point, it looked like he had won a, a starting spot. He was starting back to back, and then now you can't even he can't even get us get a sniff, sniff the field anymore. Not even in a, a as a sub. What's going on? Agume, like Lucien. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, from what I've seen, I've seen remarks from like different accounts on Twitter, and like one, I guess they were a Spezia fan, I believe. Um, but they said that Agume just isn't showing the level of quality that, you know, they really need right now for Spezia, where, you know, you're in Serie A for the first season, and some of those more, like, seasoned professionals are still going to get time over Agume, especially if he's not showing the potential he has. So 
I think part of it's on the player and part of it's on the tactics, but it is disappointing because I thought he was going to get a really, exactly, really good run in the side. They gave him the number yeah, 10. So I, thought, like, I thought at least, I thought at least he was going to play this down, year. I thought he was going to get to play every match, be the star, even if they go down, kind of like Tonali did with Brecha last year. If Bayern are interested in a player, that should be a reason enough for you to hold on to them because their scouting system is crazy. You know what I mean? So if they're really out here interested in him and trying to loom him over, the least we could do is extend the kid and um, send him somewhere else on loan. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going to become of him. You know, we could keep him out on loan. He could become good that's or true. he could just be that's like, true. you know, the next caramel. <laughs> Well, I think we pretty much reached the end of everything going on around Inter, at least on the field in this episode. I didn't really want to touch on Zhang Zusuning too much with their liquidation because um, I think there's still a lot more to sift out with that, and I want to let that develop a little bit more before we really get into it on the pod. But with that being said, um, we're here at the end of this episode. Um, I want to thank Dave for coming back on again and Chino for making his long-awaited return um it's great to have you guys on uh we miss tristo but we'll get him back soon and me. we'll see everybody else in the next one thanks for listening and let us know in the comments <laughs> if you think you hey, better without tristo. before before we end yeah, i want to add this sometimes twitter <laughs> rival to bring chino out of his lion's den so you're welcome he heard me on the last pod he's yeah. like hell no nah, i gotta yeah. come out this time i could i couldn't have dave <laughs> yeah, Dave just all up in the podcast, you know, getting likes and likes and, you know, listens and all kind of shit. Like, nah, 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 nah. Get back here. <laughs> all right, thanks for having me, guys. It was nice. It was nice. All right, well. Yeah, bro. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll end this one here now. Um, A little bit of a postscript right there. Um, so if you keep <laughs> listening, um, there you go, some bonus content. <laughs>